You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Enough opportunity tonight. I don't have cards. All right, turn your, if, with me in your Bibles, please, to Matthew chapter number 28. Matthew 28. Rich is going to try to get me all cranked up here. And if he sees any heads nodding, he's going to go, he's working on it. All right, I'll keep my voice low for a second, not too low, so he can still adjust. Amen. Yeah, because the good thing about the acoustics in this place is that, you know, you carry pretty good even without this. But Matthew 28, please. I'm so nervous about being too loud. Matthew 28. This is where I want to begin, and I want to. The, the thought that I want to preach on this evening is we're that we are on a mission for God. We're on a mission for God, and we see that in Matthew 28. And I'm also going to be reading out of the book of Second Corinthians here in just a moment. But I want to begin with Matthew chapter number 28 and verse number 18, where the Bible says, "And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying." All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So we are on a mission For God. We're on a mission from God. God is a purpose. And I begin to think about this because us, you know, kind of turning a page and a new chapter in the history of our church, I begin to think about what is our mission. And I begin to think about actually defining and having a mission statement up. But as we think about that mission, uh, we think about why does Elk Point Baptist Church exist in this community? Why does this church exist upon the face of the earth? And remember, as we say, when we talk about the building, when we talk about the church, we're not talking so much about the building, right? They're not talking about the building at all. In this uh, instance, we're talking about us. Because your mission, whatever your mission and your purpose is in life, is vitally connected to the local church and to this local church. And if God moves you to a different place, it'll be connected to that local church. I'll just give a quick word of advice here. If you're ever considering moving to a different location, uh, the church matters. And I've known way too many people that are just like, oh yeah, we'll find a church when we get there. Uh, Man, that's, that's, that's on par with finding the job in order for you to move. That's probably above that. I mean, but so many people just say, oh yeah, we'll move and we'll find a church. That's not the way it works. You, uh, I believe that you uh, pray about it earnestly and really that should go into your decision making because your mission, your purpose for being on earth is connected to a local church somewhere. I believe that. Uh, after Jesus' death and resurrection, He gave His disciples their marching orders. He gave, uh, in turn, us these marching orders. What are they? To go and teach all nations. 
And that speaks of evangelism, to, uh, to share the gospel with the lost and the dying world, to reach people, reach the lost, all nations. And then he says that we are to establish. He says baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Ghost. And then we're also to edify them. He says teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And in this, we see a few things. We see the evangelism, the establishment, the edification. But we see involved in this, there's great resources. Because Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. So behind God's command is God's power. And it's awesome because every one of God's uh, promises, every one of God's commands comes with promises. In other words, He don't tell you to do something, then you have to go out there and do it on your own. He gives you the power to do that. So there's, a gr there's great resources. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. There's a great responsibility. He says to go. He says to go. And then there's a great gift. He says, Lo, I am with you always. And He will be with us as we do His work. And so when we think about this twofold responsibility that's given here in the Gospel, reaching the lost and teaching the lost, there's, it's a pretty simple mission statement really, but there's a lot of things that are involved in this mission statement. Uh, because this commission that He gave back then is the same commission, the same purpose that we have today. Uh, and so, again, we are here, I believe, going back to the very start. It doesn't say it in the Great Commission, but obviously the fact that all power is given unto Him, unto him in heaven and earth, go ye therefore, what's given to the, us in that is that I believe there's no greater way to honor God than to glorify God. Or to glorify God than to honor God, to obey God, to do that which He said. And so, the very first part of this in our mission, I believe, has to do with glorifying God. Bringing glory to His name. Uh, being a light to the world includes bringing glory to God Almighty. So there's glorifying God, but I believe there's also loving one another. You remember what Jesus told His disciples? He said, men shall know you're my disciples by this, that you have love one for another. There's, he says that, that's how they'll know. This, have you ever, I, I try to listen when I read through the Bible to these, some of these statements. That men shall know you are my disciples... Because sometimes I feel like sometimes churches and Christians can emphasize other things. Yeah. Oh, they'll know we're Christians if... But he says, they'll know you are mine. They'll know you're my disciples because you have love one for another. Amen. And folks, we need one love one for another. And I appreciate the love that we have one for another. Uh, but believe you me, that, that love's going to be challenged from time to time. That's, that's why you have to have love. Amen? Uh, because that love can be challenged. But, but listen, glorify God. Love one another. Why did Jesus come? He said, I have come to seek and to save that which was lost. And so that lets us know that that's also what we are to do. He tells us to go. I begin to think about this. Where does a building come into all this? Because we emphasize a lot the church is not the building. It is us. And that's a very important thing to emphasize. But it's also worth pointing out that going back to the very first churches in the New Testament, you'll find out that they gathered places and met. Now eventually they were gathering 
mostly at people's homes and things of that nature. There were some times they would gather in the wilderness or by the river. Uh, but you, they were usually trying to find some kind of building, some kind of location to come and to meet together. You know, which of course is the emphasis of the local church. Church means ecclesia. Uh, church means ecclesia. That was a Greek word. That would be if they were calling a meeting in the middle of town, for instance, they would call an ecclesia. They would say, everyone leave your homes and gather into this place for a specific purpose. Uh, we're going to have a church. Uh, but, but, but the church is, we gather together. So as often as they possibly could throughout history, churches have used buildings. Uh, although, again, we're not a building, but if we're to have a building, it only makes sense, I think about this, it only makes sense if we're to have a building to have the best building we can have, doesn't it? I mean, reasonably speaking. Uh, you know, it, it only makes sense... Uh, to, uh, to have something that I believe can bring glory to God in and of itself. While it may be difficult to use the temple to defend, you know, oh, the church ought to be the most beautiful building in town if possible, and boy, it ought to be all these other things, and, and I believe a lot of that. And again, some will try to use the temple for that argument, and you can use the temple for that argument in the sense that, in the way of application. Because remember, the Bible says you are the temple, once again. So the emphasis is on the beauty of the people, so to speak, uh, not on the beauty of the building. However, we live in a culture where such things do have a significant impact. You know, you think about go, the places you go, a lot of times you, you say a lot as soon as you pull up in the parking lot. And so I think in our culture, it says a lot. It has a significant impact. Uh, we should therefore, in my opinion, have a beautiful and stylish property that can bring glory to Christ. And again, you may say, well, where is he getting off on that with? I, I, I just believe it makes perfect sense to me for that to be the case. Now, I said as much as possible. I'm not talking about a church just like we were in the situation before. You know, oh, let's really beauty up the storefront. I know that a church don't have to be beautiful for God to work there. Uh, we know that people are still meeting in uh, makeshift places around the world. People are still meeting in fields and huts and whatever around the world. But I'm talking about as much as possible. I guarantee you the places where they're meeting in huts, they sweep them floors out good first you know they do what they can and my point is we just do what is reasonable on our side we don't go say you know what we need to go get a loan to just turn this into a crystal cathedral or something like that you know nothing like that but it's just like hey let's do what we can to make it as beautiful as possible to bring glory to God so when we think about the purpose we think about the church now go over to the book of second corinthians chapter number five and this is where I want to spend the remainder of our time primarily here in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. A wonderful, encouraging text about our purpose and our mission. Why are we here? Why did God put this church here? Why does God put churches in these communities? And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, and I want to begin reading in verse number 17. This is a great chapter and a great section, but 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, talking about our mission, the mission that we are on from God. Verse 17, the Bible says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Anybody saved in here this evening? Anybody glad about it? Uh, amen. I mean, boy, we are blessed. We are saved. I'm glad I've been changed. Amen. I'm not the man I used to be. God has changed me. And I say it all the time. Thank God He's still changing me. Because, folks, you are not looking at the finished product. 
I guarantee you that. That'd be awfully sad if you were. Uh, but you're not. God made a change in me, and He still changed me. But He says, all things, be, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I'm so glad that I'm saved and God's made a difference in my life, aren't you? I am glad that God placed a church. Or, and when I say a church, remember, the people are the church. So somebody from a church, somebody in my life to share the gospel with me. To show the love of Christ to me. Because that's how I come to the Lord. God did not send an angel from heaven preaching the gospel that He will do that during the tribulation period. But He doesn't do that. He uses people to accomplish His purpose. God has chosen to use people to accomplish this purpose. He's not sending an angel. He's not sending someone else from heaven. He sends us, and I'm so glad for somebody that come shared the gospel with me. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And the Bible says in verse 18, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. See, the Bible says the world is at enmity with God. Now, the devil lies to this world and says that God is their enemy. He says that God is the enemy of this world. But God's not the enemy of the people of this world, the world as far as the world system. But when it comes to the people of this world, man, God has made reconciliation. Through the blood of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, God's declaration, God's message to this world is a message of peace. He has done His part on the reconciliation side. But man is still at enmity with God. Man is still against God. And he's the one that needs to accept this reconciliation. In other words, two parties that were once at variance, two parties that were once separated, that were once odd, reconciled and brought together. So through salvation, we were reconciled to God. We were brought together with God. And hallelujah, the Bible says that that you hath he quickened. I mean, the Spirit of God Almighty awakened our spirit. And when we were saved by the grace of God, now we know God. He takes up residence within our souls and within our spirits. And we have a direct connection. And the Bible says, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Here in the, or over in Ephesians chapter 4, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed until the day of redemption. We have the Comforter. We have God living in us. Why? Because we've been reconciled through the blood of the cross. And so we've been saved. But then he goes on to say, there in verse 18, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to Himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Now what we have here, I believe, is kind of a little bit of a breakdown of the Great Commission. We have been saved, and now we've been given a ministry. Did you know you have a ministry? Did you know that God has committed some things to your trust? You ever had something committed to you? Have you ever had something designated for you to do? You know, this is your job. You, you, at work, the boss comes up and says, this is what I need you to do. This is what I would have for you to accomplish. Well, folks, or maybe it's a parent or whatever the case may be. But God Almighty has committed some things to us. God has given us a ministry. Every one of us. The ministry isn't just for preachers. The ministry is for every... If, if, if you've been reconciled to God, 
You've been given the ministry of reconciliation. Well, what does that mean? Well, I'm glad you asked because I'll try to tell you, amen, over the next few moments. God has given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. Notice verse number 19. To wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So our ministry involves words and the word of reconciliation. The Bible says in verse 20, Now then, this this gets down to... Further explaining what it means to have the ministry of reconciliation, to have the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Wow. We're ambassadors. We're ambassadors for heaven. We're ambassadors for glory. Folks, I am so glad that I am a part of this great country, which is the United States of America. I thank God that I can call myself an American. I'm glad that I belong here. I do. I'm, I'm so thankful for that. I think, I'm thankful for the freedom. I'm thankful for the founding. I th- and I know there's, man, we, we're in an all-out war. Today in our country, uh, when it comes to trying to move away from God and, and, the, and the principles on which we were founded. But folks, I'm glad this is a great country. I'll tell you one thing, people are still trying to come here from all over the world. Amen. And I mean, and I, and I still think there's some of those actors and actresses that said they were going to move out of the country if, uh, if, if Trump was elected president. I think they're still here. You know why? Because this is the greatest country uh, on earth. And, I, and I'm thankful for it. But I want to tell you something. Did you know this? The Bible says if you're saved, your citizenship is in heaven. That means that we are also, we have a dual citizenship. We are members of the country of heaven. Amen? We have a king up there. We have a constitution down here. Amen? We have the word of God. We have the declaration of of our independence here. We have it all. We have our rights. We have it all. The Word of God. And God has sent us here as ambassadors. And I'll say more about that in just a moment. But we're ambassadors for Him, for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. Notice this. We pray you in Christ's stead be ye reconciled to God. For He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. So the key word obviously through all of this is reconciliation. Reconciliation. Through the work of the cross, Jesus Christ is making reconciliation. And the word... The, the meaning behind the word reconcile, I told you, means bring, bring two parties together that were once at variance. But the Greek meaning carries the idea of to change thoroughly. To change thoroughly. In other words, the Bible says in Hebrews 7.25, wherefore, he's able to save, wherefore also to save them to the uttermost. Amen. To change thoroughly. Folks, my relationship with God today is thoroughly changed from what it was before I knew Christ to save me. Why? Because I've been reconciled. I've been, we've been brought together. So it means to be thoroughly changed. It refers to that changed relationship. So when we think about uh, this, this work of reconciliation that God has done toward us, and now that we have toward Him, number one, of course, it's based on imputation, which I'm not going to take as much time to talk about verse 21, but that's one of my favorite verses right there. 
2 Corinthians 5.21 because it talks about imputation. In other words, He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. In other words, the only way that we could be reconciled is if God took our sin and traded it for His righteousness. And I'm so glad, listen, that God didn't say you need to become righteous. No, He took care of all that and He has given us the opportunity to exchange our sin for His righteousness. He imputes it. He puts it on to our accounts. You ever deposit money into an account or you pay toward an account? You're imputing something over to that account. Well, I am so glad when it comes to my spiritual account. Folks, the account that we have because of our sin, we were born in sin, we were sinners by birth, we're sinners by choice. (laughs) Not only have we sinned, we keep on sinning. And that account keeps growing and growing. And I'm telling you, sin is no light matter. Sin is a dreadful matter. Sin is a dark matter. Sin is something that separates from a thrice holy God. Folks, sin is something that brings down the judgment and the wrath of God. Sin is something that God cannot bear to look upon. God cannot tolerate sin. But I'm glad by the grace of Almighty God, uh, He has imputed. So we had this huge deficit that we could never make up for. It's funny seeing everybody get fascinated with the fans. Right? Oh, Okay, but uh, so <laughs> you just notice things when you're preaching. You're just not supposed to stop and mention them, okay? <laughs> but reconciled to God. Why? Because He imputed that. And so as soon as He put His righteousness on our account, man, you talk about a relationship change. Man, what a blessing to have all that debt forgiven. So that's imputation, which I love that. And it's a, it's a huge part of this. But... I want to emphasize more about our ministry and our purpose in regards to reconciliation. We're ambassadors for Him. Now, in the Roman Empire, there were two kinds of provinces. If you know the Roman Empire, you know they were taking over everything they possibly could. And there were two types of provinces. There were senatorial provinces and there were imperial provinces. The senatorial provinces were made up of people who were peaceful and not at war with Rome. Peaceful and not at war with Rome. They were senatorial. But the imperial provinces were not peaceful. This is like, you know, Britannia and uh, up, uh, the, up the, the further you went up into Europe. Uh, some of my forefathers and some of yours as well, I'm sure. But they, they were not peaceful, these imperial provinces. They were uh, dangerous because they would rebel against Rome if they could. It was necessary for Rome to send ambassadors to the imperial provinces to sure that rebellion did not break out. So someone would be sent from Rome on, on behalf of Caesar to these imperial provinces to try to represent the government in a certain way. Now I'm sure they, they probably maybe not only came with trying to instill them how great Rome was and the, by the way it's an interesting thing, you know what Rome would do when they would come into a province? They would try to change the culture. They would try to change the, the way people spoke. It's just interesting how that we face the same thing today, but that's uh, another note. But they would come in and that ambassador would go try to keep the peace. But see, since Christians are in this world, we're ambassadors of Christ. And folks, we live in a world that is at rebellion with God Almighty, against God Almighty. And it's increasing. And by the way, I want to say this, so much of it, you know what breaks my heart? So much of it is through ignorance. 
So much of it is through people who have represented in religions that have represented God falsely. I'm fascinated by some of the history. I, I, I want to preach a message maybe around the 4th of July or something around why democracy doesn't work. And if you look at, thank God America is a republic, by the way. Amen. Else us here in South Dakota, Iowa wouldn't have a vote that counted. That's right. If we lived in a pure democracy, we would have no representation whatsoever. But a republic is a representative form of government. Democracy is just the majority rules. Uh, we would be, the people in New York and L.A. would be calling the shots. Wouldn't that be great? Uh, but, 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 but what I'm trying to make is the reason that democracy works and worked in America is because it was a God-fearing people. You want to see what democracy looks like, go, to the French, go and see the French Revolution. But I begin to, I'm fascinated by the French Revolution, but they did so many things, man, they hated. The, the, the rebels that turned, and I'm telling you, they started just killing people left and right. It was, a, it was a massacre throughout the years, and it was something because you'd had this larger group that rebelled against the, the group that was above them. Well, after they got that group deposed and sat down, well, within themselves, they would kill the people that were up higher than them and just on it went and back and forth for years. It was a terrible time. It was democracy. It was the people ruled. But here's the thing they wanted nothing whatsoever to do with God matter of fact they even changed the they even changed the week to 10 days uh, to where uh, to, to throw off uh, Christians uh, being able to have church and everything they were just totally against it but I, and, and, and that repulses me and you say all oh, those rebels but man at the same time one of the big things they were fighting against was the state church and that when they saw God and they saw church, you know what they saw? They saw that state corrupt church. So yeah, they hated God and they were truly rebellious against God. Don't misunderstand me. But I'm telling you, the false religion that they were under the influence by gave them a really good reason to, if you would, or, or an excuse. And we're surrounded by a lot of people there at rebellion against God. As ambassadors, part of our job is to represent our King. To represent the country that we're from. To represent our kingdom. And that's a part of what we're doing. So we meet people. And they're hostile against God. And before you, before you get real defensive and get your sword out for blaspheming against God, we might need to stop and ask ourselves a question. Wait a second. Exactly what, what is, what's the problem that you have with God? Well, I was going to get married, and, but I couldn't get married to this girl because she was in this uh, church and, 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 they, and I had been divorced, and so therefore we couldn't get married. But if I gave the priest 500 bucks, then we could. That's what I don't like, God. That's why I don't want nothing to do with that. Aren't you glad as an ambassador you can look at them and say, uh, not my God. Amen. That dude does not represent our kingdom. He does not represent our Constitution, amen. He does not represent our Bill of Rights right here in the Word of God. He does not represent our kings. He, king, he represents the kingdom of darkness. And so it's our job to get across to people this lost and dying world that's rebelling against God. The world is like an imperial province that's, uh, that as far as God is concerned, they're against Him. He has sent ambassadors into the world to declare Christ. I love uh, one of my favorite passages. Again, i got a lot of them. i got about like 66 books worth of favorite passages. But in 1 John chapter number 4, I love how the Bible says that God, that the Bible says that no man has seen God at any time. But the Bible said, goes on to say that God has perfected His love in us. 
It's just another way of saying this. It's just another way of saying the Great Commission. We go. We go with the word of reconciliation. We have a word to speak to people. But thank God we do have a life to live before people too. To demonstrate the love of Christ. To demonstrate a level of consistency and of care and of love. In Ephesians, we've been studying there. I love what the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 3 verse 7. The Bible says, Wherefore I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of His power. I was made a minister. Each of you can say that. Right? Because it says He's given you a ministry. What kind of people have ministries? Ministers. He says, I was made a minister according to the gift of grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of His power. This is your story too. Unto me, who am less than all, or am least than all the saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And to make all men see what is the fellowship. I'm glad we're not just going after the the quote-unquote Calvinistic elect. All men. What is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hitting God who created all things by, by Jesus Christ to the intent that now unto the principalities and heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which He purposed in Jesus Christ our Lord. Here it is. God comes and He saves you. He begins to do a work in your life. And He commits a ministry to you that through your life, someone else might know Christ. That through your life, you may use your gifts within the local church. That you may use the grace that's been given to you to reach somebody with the Gospel. To teach someone the Gospel. We don't have any clocks up yet, so y'all bear with me. (laughs) But, uh, But I'm getting close to being done. I was waiting for somebody to run me one up here. But anyway, uh, you know, a lot of times, I I, I hate to say this, but you know what? It it reminds me, it reminds me of uh, Dr. Harold Seitler was a great, great man of God from uh, years gone by. But I remember him saying, talking about how that, uh, where the Bible says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Thanks, I'm so encouraged. Yeah, that's right, Romans 1.16. Uh, so, this message, he said that he, he had no problem with the fact that the gospel is the power of God and the, to salvation of all people. But here's what this great man of God said. He said, but there's times I have a, I'll have trouble with that I'm not ashamed part. Anybody else have trouble sometimes as an ambassador? Sharing that gospel, sharing the good news. What's somebody going to think? Are they going to misunderstand me? Are they going to think I'm some weirdo? I mean, you know, if, if I identify with Christ and man, you know what? God help us. You're an ambassador. Ambassadors aren't ashamed. I mean, maybe from some countries they would be. But man, if you're an ambassador from heaven, you don't have to be ashamed. Amen. Hallelujah. You've got the word of reconciliation. You've been given a ministry. And you've been given the power of God. Amen. So so with the help and grace of God, pray. Do not use your tentative nature. Do not use any of that for an excuse. And accept it. Say, Lord, I have trouble with this, but if you'll help me. Please help me, God. I want to be a witness for you. Ask God. 
And He'll help you. Did you know what? If you ask God, you know sometimes He's even made it easy for me. He's made it really easy for me. You know one of the things I pray every day? One of the things I pray every day is, Lord, open up a door for me to share the Gospel with somebody. And it'll be so cool. I'll walk in and somebody will say, they'll say something and just, there it is. An opportunity. They've opened up the door and I can share the Gospel. Listen, if you're saved by God's grace, that's the ministry that you've been committed with. That's the word of reconciliation. It's the ministry. It's what He says when we're talking about the, what's the purpose, the mission of this church. The purpose of this church is to glorify God. To honor God. But it's also to reach people with the Gospel. It's also to, not only to reach people with the Gospel, but it's also to build up people in the Gospel. He says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things. So part of the mission of this church and of the church is not only to see people saved, but every one of us need to be growing in the grace of God. Growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. We need to be continuing to work, continuing to build ourselves up. Because you know what else is a part of this ministry of reconciliation? We have a great responsibility. We have a great opportunity that you can take somebody else under your wing. And you can begin to teach them what God has taught you. And show them what God has shown you. You say, preacher, I don't really know that all, know all that much. Well, get with it. Amen. <laughs> you can, right? You can. I'm not all that smart. Well, you don't have to be that smart. But you can make an effort. You can read. You can memorize. You can, if, you, if you can't read, you can do like audio, you know, book on tape and uh, the audio Bible. I mean, get it in there. Learn it. Learn it. Know it. That's, that's part of the mission of this church is that we know it. And it can't just be, you know, that's got to be the mission, obviously, with me preaching and teaching. I want to try to empower and encourage and give people a thirst. But I'm, I'm just trying to encourage you. You can learn something. You can know something. And you can share it with somebody else. And you don't have to have a degree. You know what? Whatever it is that you know, you may not know much, but I guarantee you, if you've been saved any amount of time at all, if you've been coming to this church any amount of time at all, you have something you can help somebody with. You have something. You can go somewhere. You have something that you've written in your Bible. You've got something that God has written on your heart that you can share with somebody else. It's a big part of... It's a huge part. It's one of the most forsaken parts of the the church of of at least the 20th and now the 21st century. It's almost unheard of in church's discipleship. Well, preacher, that's your job. You're you're the one that's supposed to order the the books and have the 12-week class. There's nothing wrong with that. We may do something like it. We should do something like that. Nothing wrong with that. But it's not the preacher getting up here and doing it. You know what it is? It's each of us. Just like it's our responsibility and and our opportunity, our privilege to be ambassadors and win people to Christ, it's also our opportunity to disciple somebody. To help them in their walk with the Lord. I'll tell you one thing. Sometimes getting our eyes off of ourselves all the time and getting them on somebody else can be helpful anyway. For sure. And so we have that opportunity, not only to, 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 now that we're saved, to share the gospel, but also to reach people, to help uh, lift them up. And it's awesome because we have a message of peace to this world. Anybody ever get nervous about talking to somebody because you're scared they're going to ask you something you don't know? Did you know that that can happen to anybody? Don't let that bother you. You say, well, what if they ask me a question I don't know the answer to? Don't make it hard. Just say, I don't know. 
You know what? Give me a chance and I'll let, let me write that down. Give me a chance and I'll go try to study and find out. But I do know one thing. I know that Jesus Christ loves you. <laughs> and I know that He died on the cross for your sins. And I know that He rose again on the third day. And I know that He purchased a gift of salvation. And you can accept Christ. See, sometimes people will try to get you off on all these things just to get away from the, from the real issue. And sometimes I'll just dismiss, even if I know the answer to a question, I'll just say, well, you know, I may give a brief thing and just say, but that's not really important right now. If it's a person that's not saved, here's what you really need to know. You know, take a gospel track, and we need to order new gospel tracks, by the way, uh, and a lot of them, but take a gospel track. Amen. Read it. Amen. Read it over and over. Most gospel tracks have maybe four or five verses, relatively short ones in there. Memorize them. Memorize them. Uh, you say, well, I can't do that. Well, my dad used to say something real theological and wise. He used to say, can't, ne- can't, can't do nothing because can't, ne- can can't never could do nothing because can't never tried. Amen? And it's real good English too. Can't never could do nothing because he never tried. And that's how it is. Well, I can't, I can't, I can't. Uh, no, well, quit that. What kind of, what kind of talk is that? Uh, why can't you? Why can't you? You can. Amen? Uh, We talked about it Sunday. Don't agree with the enemy. Agree with God. You can. Uh, I mean, listen, I'm telling you right now, some of y'all know me good enough, and some of you just heard me talk for the last half hour, so you, if you don't know me that well, you know me good enough now. Listen, if God can speak through this dummy up here before you today, if God can learn me something, if God can teach me something along the way, I want you to know something. He can teach you something. If this brain can memorize Scripture, your brain, I feel like, can. Amen. Uh, so, <laughs> got that gift of articulation. Is that a word? Okay, anyway. How do we do this? We do this because, we do this by, that because we're empowered by the truth. We need to know the truth. We need to live the truth. We need to love the truth of God's Word. We talked about it Sunday. One of the temptations that we can fall into as the church goes on is that you can fall into wanting to compromise the truth of God's Word. That's something we can't do. Uh, you know, yes, uh, some, you see some quote-unquote churches grow extremely rapidly when they begin to compromise principles of God's Word. But we're not going to do that. Uh, and again, you know, I'm not talking about tradition here, but I'm talking about the Word of Almighty God. We stand on the truth. We know the truth. We love the truth. Because we know that Jesus said, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen? And so we know that the truth is what really frees people. A lot of churches are you know, bringing a bunch of people in that are just still in bondage. And they're almost celebrating their chains rather than giving them the, the key to be able to release themselves. So, when we have this great ministry, ministry is not easy. That's really not. And now, by the way, I love the, the, the fact that again and again, the Apostle Paul, you know Jesus Christ himself? It's really awesome when you study the Word of God. I like studying about leadership because I want to be a good leader. But I love the kind of leadership that the Bible teaches because the kind of leadership the Bible teaches, when it talks about great leaders, Moses, great leader. You know what God calls his great leaders? Moses, the servant of the Lord. Amen. You know what the great leader Paul called himself? The servant of Jesus Christ. The slave of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something about the mission and the ministry of this church as it goes. I want to encourage you to embrace the role of that slave. We don't like that word, but that's exactly what it's referring to there. Servant. In fact, many cases, it's referring... If if Many of you have seen 
this in movies or documentaries or whatever to where they would have these ships. And the ships that they would have, they would have all these oars coming out of the side uh, of these ships. And that's the way these ships would go. There would be servants. There would be slaves under there. There would be under rows. They're the ones that would go and they would work and they would work in sync. And as they worked in sync, man, those ships would go. But the men that did that kind of work were slaves. Amen. They were slaves. They, most of them were chained to their seats. Uh, but, that's, but when Paul says, I'm a servant of Jesus Christ, there's times that that's the exact person he's referring to. He's like, I'm a slave. He said, the love of Christ constrains me. He said, love is not a chain for me, but it's God's love that keeps me here. It's God's love that lets me accept. I'm just going to be under here rolling Yeah, but nobody sees you when you're under there. Nobody sees who's making the boat go. Uh, I mean, you know, it's it's the people up top. It's the captain of the ship that's perhaps getting the glory. But let me tell you something. The captain of our ship is not me. But it's Christ, amen. And He's the one we want to get the glory. And we just want to be content and say, you know what, God? Just let me row. Just let me row. I mean, we're going to row together. I mean, we're going to row for the glory of God. Ministry is not easy, but if we're to succeed, we must be motivated by the love of Christ, by the fear of the Lord. We've got to be motivated by the fact that the people we know and love are enemies against God. God's not their enemy, but He will be one day. So on the basis of these truths, I say in conclusion, concerning that which the all-wise, powerful God has committed to Elk Point Baptist Church, has committed to each of us today our mission, our vision, our purpose, the driving force behind all that we do should be to the end of what we have just discussed. To glorify God. To acknowledge His Lordship. Oh, He's a good God. We can serve Him. We can glorify Him. Folks, we want to bring glory to His name. So to glorify God, to go, to follow His leadership, to reach somebody with the gospel, to reach somebody, to pursue leadership, to glean, or I'm sorry, learnership, to glean and to grasp, to make a a concerted effort to learn something about the Word of God. Get in the Word of God. Preacher, I don't know where to begin. Begin by getting in the Word of God regularly. Being in church, you're here tonight. Listen. Ask God. You know, there's a great prayer in Psalm 119. Lord, open Thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of Thy law. That's a great prayer for us to pray every time before we start the Word of God, open the Word of God. God's Word is to say, Lord, open mine eyes. And you know what will happen? Inevitably, I believe this all my heart. I keep notes on my phone. I've got I don't know how many of them. Because I'll be listening sometimes, or I'll be reading, or I'll hear somebody preach, and I'll be like, ooh, man, and I'll make a note of it. Then I'll go try to follow it up later. I'll look up, what, what's that word mean? Ooh, what's, what's he getting at right there? That, that, that verse kind of jumped out at me. I mean, start, just try to learn. Get into the Word of God. Know the Word of God. Uh, build yourself up. It's our choice. We have this great choice. We are ambassadors for Christ. The decision that we have is will we be 
the, the, the ambassadors he wants us to be, will we fulfill that commission? He said, preacher, I don't know if I can. I'm not a very good ambassador. You know what? You can. Amen. God will help you because God's helping me. He's going to help you. We all need each other's help, by the way. Pursue that learnership. I mean, glean and grasp. Grow in the Word of God and then lead the way. And that's discipleship. And so there's glorifying God. There's going. There's gleaning and grasping God's truth. And there's sharing the gift that God's given us with other people. Discipleship. Spending time. You know what discipleship looks like? Disciple, discipleship very well could look like fishing. I don't care about fishing, but if you like to fish, you might be able to take, find somebody taking fish, fishing with you. It's spending time. It's just putting some of your time, some of your life into their life. It doesn't have to be some real formal sit down, you know, well, point one, point two, point three. No, a lot of times it's just it's spending time with somebody. Having a meal with somebody can be a form of discipleship. It really can. Just spending time. And, 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 and the, thing, the cool thing about discipleship is that the way the Bible teaches it, the Bible says building, building up yourselves, building up one another. Because it's not like just like, oh, here I come as this great wise person that's going to help you. you know? And no, it's just like, you know what? Hey, I'm trying to learn some things. I can share some things that I have learned. But when you sit down with somebody else, we learn from one another. We build one another up. We encourage one another. We fire each other up and we encourage one another. Amen? So the mission, the mission of Elk Point Baptist Church is the mission that God has for us there. To be ambassadors for Him. Of course, if we're going to do that, we've got to glorify Him. We've got to lift Him up. We've got to be uh, good representatives of Him. We need to share the peace and share His message uh, with others. We need to bring others along and try to lead them up in the ways of God as we ourselves learn uh, and grow in Him. And so, uh, in short, and in conclusion and in closing for real, <laughs> as we all stand, that makes it official. That should be what is behind whatever it is we do here. And that's why I even mentioned about the building earlier. Because whatever it is that we are doing in this church needs to be driving toward these points in some way or the other. And I mentioned the building earlier because it would be really easy to say, well, what's the building got to do with that? Well, I think that's why I tried to discuss that. Well, because it gives us the opportunity to get more people, uh, be able to reach more people, to be able to get more people uh, to come in and uh, so forth, that we may share the gospel with them and uh, so forth. And, but whatever it is that we're doing, you know what that includes? That includes somebody having a clean restroom to go to. <laughs> right? That inc I mean, it includes these things that we don't always think about, but it includes... Uh, the effort, whatever it is, from the, the people that play piano to, to the person that does the, the smallest thing, makes the, you know, fixes the coffee and uh, the, the bigger things, helping in nursery and things of that nature, it all adds up. And that's why I mentioned, I've been preaching this last couple of weeks, but that's why when we are doing what we're doing and when it gets hard and when it gets discouraging and when it gets frustrating, Miss Kim, would you come? Uh, when it gets hard and when it gets frustrating, uh, listen, we remind ourselves, why am I doing this? I'm doing this because this is a part of the purpose. This is a part of the purpose. This is why I'm doing this. Because I've got this great calling. I'm an ambassador for Christ. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, dear Lord, for letting me be an ambassador for you. I am well aware that I have not always, and I'm not always the best ambassador for you, but I'm glad I've been gifted. I'm so glad that you've saved me. I can't believe you've given me a ministry. You've given each of us a ministry. 
That needs to help us when we're at home alone as well. That needs to help us when we are all on our own. That needs to help us when we can watch what we want to, think what we want to, do what we want to, all alone. These purposes are the same. Because I am your ambassador. Lord, work in my heart, work in my life. Lord, help me to take advantage of the time that I have to draw closer to you, to learn more about you, to make a difference in somebody else's life. I want to thank you, Lord, for a group of laborers that are before us this evening. A group of under rowers, Lord. A group of people that are just willing to row, willing to do their part for you to make the ship go, to glorify the captain, to bring success, to bring glory and honor to you, Lord. I thank you for that. What a wonderful group, God. What a people that love you, love one another. And God, I pray you help us to ever guard that, to ever grow in that, and to ever add to that, Lord. And we'll thank you for that.